my investigators of darkness, all of my researchers of the cosmic horror that is this crazy universe that we call our world. What semblance of control we think we have on it all is nothing. We're ants on this cosmic universal anthill. Welcome to Systems Wild. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a good uh, intro. <laughs> I was I was immersed in that crawling in my boots. I had an existential crisis during that intro. Yeah. <laughs> we are Systems Wild. We are the rotating uh, roulette t- variety tabletop RPG podcast where we play a bunch of different systems to tell what stories we want whenever we want them. And today we are playing Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is a role-playing system that was originally published in 1981. Sixth edition was the last one, but back in 2014, a massive Kickstarter got kicked off and got raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to bring it back on. So the publisher Chaosium brought back seventh edition, which is what we're playing today. And if you can't tell... It's all based around Lovecraftian horror, cosmic mm-hmm. horror. So Not needless bad. to say, this is a rated R RPG system, to be said the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair warning, there's going to be a lot of bloody graphic violence and cosmic horror and all that fun stuff. And fun. Yeah, fun <laughs> stuff all around. If you can't yeah. tell by how quiet everyone is, yeah. they're, they're scared out of their minds because around this table... Are my doomed investigators? Say hi, yes. doomed investigators. It's inevitable. Hi, doomed we investigators. Hello, hello. Howdy. Right. Let's just go around the table Howdy. and introduce ourselves. Oh, me. Okay. Yes. You're first um, for once. Yeah, I'm Will. You all know me. Uh, usually in our, our D and D game, I play Damien Savall, but in this one, I'm playing Melvin Scottsdale, <laughs> an archaeologist <laughs> teaching assistant at uh, Arkham. What's the name of it? Uh, Miskatonic University. Arkham Miskatonic University, that's correct. And uh, I don't know what we're getting into. I've never played Call of Cthulhu before. I don't think any of us have, have we? Mm-hmm. No, I've never no, played yeah. it. No. Uh, this is weird. This is weird for me. I- I'm very used to min-maxing, and I can't do it with this because I don't know enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm-, I'm fully prepared to die tonight. Save, you, Jamie. Copy-paste. Hello. Are <laughs> you radio listeners? Uh, my name's Jamie. I usually play... Shepard. And today I'll be playing Gale Masterson. He is a fireman and he knows nothing about no Muscadine Bear University. But <laughs> he is a broken man in search of some purpose. Wow. Okay. That was like on the edge of like an attempt at like a like a Sam Elliott. I'm okay version. with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that did kind of sound like yeah. my yeah. name. I can't. Yeah, we drove a four truck. I'll right, pass that along over to Tori. Hi, <laughs> uh, I'm Tori, and I have never also played Call of Cthulhu. So I don't think anybody has. Um, I'll be playing a musician named Amelia Grace, who was from London. Uh, London, England, who moved to um, the, the states for reasons I don't know yet. I mean, I oh, have yeah. I have basic idea of what her of what she's it, what she is. Yeah. Um, there's not much for me, so I'm going to move it on to Maxwell. Hey guys, I almost said hey all, and I couldn't decide <laughs> on saying hey guys. Hey you or guys, hey, all. so I just said hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Maxwell, and. Uh, normally, I play Tobias in our D&D session, but tonight I will be taking on the role of Richard Maxwell. 
And yes, the last name was intentional. But I also really like Maxwell's last name. Are um, you naming your dick Maxwell? No. <laughs> I just really wanted throughout this campaign, whenever I introduced myself, Richard Maxwell, someone just quietly goes, Dick. <laughs> but, I'll do it. <laughs> we all get one. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, he's a bartender. Uh, originally from Albany, New York. He, I think, is the only one that really has somewhat of a connection to the rest of the group. Well, she um, performs at the bar sometimes. Oh, okay. So you would know her. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and he works at a bar called The Black Market, which is a speakeasy. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's pretty cool. Mysterious. So Tobias is an alcoholic, and your character now creative. works at a bar. I'm, I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's... All of my characters are Has something to do with alcohol. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, and I'll pass it along to the last but not least, Gavin. Heck yeah. So uh, my name is Gavin. Usually I play Dimitri in the, the D&D campaign, but today I am playing Daniel Kroll. Ooh. <laughs> he is a private investigator who is by his lonesome. Um, he has nobody. So he's from Texas. Um, he had a wife, kid. Um, he <laughs> had... Yes. Had a wife, kid. <laughs> no, he had a wife and a kid. Uh, he also had a mother and a father. Uh, his mother and father died. Uh, they got a little older. Oh. Um, and so, you know, they couldn't live longer. This is pretty early ages. So they weren't that old for mm-hmm. modern era, but they were old back then. So um, they, they passed away. And then... Um, the wife just went missing, and so they assumed she died. Um, the daughter was actually kidnapped. So, so you're, you're also Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yes. <laughs> you could say that I'm playing Liam Neeson, who sounds like... Do you have a particular set of skills? <laughs> She's just getting the old or a 1920s telephone. <laughs> yes. I don't know who you are. I will find you. Oh, I will so, investigate you. <laughs> Director, uh, please patch me into them. Uh, 504 is the number. I don't know who you are. <laughs> yes. So uh, after the disappearance of his wife and the kidnapping of his child, um, he then spent the rest of his time becoming a private investigator so that he could try and track down the people who did these things so that he could get them, not only get them back, but also bring um, the culprit to justice. I'm sorry, but uh, just for notes on how she looks, think brunette Jessica Rabbit. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. British, uh, like Burnett, British, British Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Yes, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh yeah. Okay. So let's go back around the table because okay. Gavin already started a little bit. Give a brief physical trend uh, description, guys. Oh yeah. And then also, nice. what is sort of your most defining connection to this world? Oh okay. Is it, for example, Gavin's wife and kid, or Gavin's character's wife and kid? Uh, or what is the core thing that sort of keeps you grounded in this reality? What is the thing that defines your person? Maxwell. Oh, we'll pick up with me. Um, physical characteristics. He's like very slicked back brown hair. Um, maybe like a very clean, like cut facial hair, like a mustache. But um, he also has glasses and he's, the, I imagine the bar that he works, the speakeasy. Not like a super upscale place but it's pretty nice so he's dressed a little but um biggest or i guess most important connection to the world i would say that's probably his wife uh her name is audrey all right and i'll um we'll go back with tori uh so yeah like i said earlier she's kind of like the 1920s 
tall brunette Jessica Rabbit that just Hot. speaks British. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all thinking. I'll bark. And really, really the thing that's keeping her down to earth is the music she plays. Because mm. when she moved to the States initially because she had a lover that she ran to the States with, uh, but he ended up leaving her for someone else. Mm. And she had no way back to the Bastard. back back to London, so she decided to stay and make her living off of her music mm-hmm. and her voice and everything like that. Nice, nice. Yep. But yeah, that's pretty much what she what she's going through. So she just kind of finds her peace, her morality, her down to earthness in her music. There we go. What about you, buddy? Gail Bassett <laughs> is built like a ram. <laughs> Like a ram truck. Like a dog ram. That's where uh, he's, he's actually pretty stocky. Um, he's the longest running firefighter at this firehouse. Oh, wow. But uh, he's not been made fire chief yet mm. because he likes being in the fire. He likes being on the oh, front line. Oh, action, wow. I see. Interesting. And so every time they offer him the promotion, he rejects it. Wow. So he doesn't think he deserves it. Rejection. Oh, uh, buddy. Uh, He's uh, not too wise, pretty impulsive. He's got a scar uh, over his right eye. Uh, but other than that, he, uh, he's he got like a, a mess of curly brown hair and a handlebar mustache. He'll take a cigar if you offer it. You know, he's very, uh, I guess, boy's boy. Very and, mask. Yeah, he's, he's very mask. He's not like Shepard at all. <laughs> uh, Quite opposite. And uh, he, he did have a wife. Uh, her name is Jessica, who he lost in a rather troubling fire that haunts him to this day. And uh, because of that, he's sort of, he's super depressed. So I won't get into it, but he's he's super depressed, super sad. Doesn't want to live in a world without her. But he knows she would want him to save people. Because that's what she loved the most about him. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Melvin, once again. Melvin Scottsdale. Uh, like I said, he's a teaching assistant at the university. I love Melvin. Um, what is his last name again? Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Just yeah. so I have it. Melvin. Melvin Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. uh, one of the most unremarkable people you could probably see. Very average or average, high average appearance, like chestnut brown hair, blue eyes, like nothing special to him. I, I, I probably should say blue eye. He is missing his left eye from an incident that happened at the university. So he's got a patch over it. Um, I'd say the thing that really keeps him grounded and kind of like uh, in the story is he is terribly curious about a lot. Um He's an archaeology uh, teaching assistant, and he kind of gets his nose into some of the stuff that they tell him not to, just because he's he wants to know more about it. Um, important people, I'd say, like there's another uh, teaching assistant named Rebecca that he's best friends with. Also, he is he's a bit interested in the occult, uh, the more oh, like spiritualistic yeah. stuff in the artifacts he finds. Interesting. Does he dabble in alchemy? No, <laughs> basically, he, he's very much a man of science, but not uh, sure. Well, one thing that he does understand is that there are a lot of things in this world that we, as humans, are completely outside of our understanding. All right, so if you can't tell already, this is a very dark game that we are about to play. Mm. There's going to be a lot of dark themes, but a lot of people lose the heart of these stories, which is the ability for humanity, for people to, in the face of literal impossible fathomless entities to still be able to overcome so keep that in mind guys Mm. that even when all seems lost you are 
the master of yourself. And while it's easy to lose that in terms of the great expanse of, well, look at all this stuff I can't control. Well, in this moment, you can control yourself and you can run, jump, dodge, solve. We are able as people to use our free will to survive and thrive and think outside the box. And that's what Lovecraft really is, is a love letter to the triumph of humanity. While Mm -hmm. there is the horrors of this unspeakable cosmic fathom, it's like, yes, but humanity is still there. Mm -hmm. Yes, but humanity, while just keeping it at bay, is keeping it at bay. We persevere. We persevere. We overcome. So with all that said and done. (laughs) Thank you for uh, putting a comedic bow on that. Absolutely. Very eloquently spoken speech from Alex. (laughs) No, it's good. And that's what we need is that we're going to need some lighthearted moments in this because it's very easy to get dark. There's there's a a great quote. uh, Comedy uh, completes the setup that profundity makes or something like that. I can't quite remember. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So my doomed investigators. I, as your keeper of the arcane lore, begin. You all have been recently contacted by Mr. Rupert Merriweather, an aged man you have known for some time. Merriweather is unwell, it seems like, and not long for this world. He asks you meet him at St. Mary's Teaching Hospital in Arkham at one o'clock on Thursday. You haven't seen the man for quite some time for those of you who have known him for quite some time. So this urgent summons appears to be quite important. Perhaps it has something to do with something he needs to tell you before he dies. And this is where we will pick up in St. Mary's Teaching Hospital, a hallway, offshoot, bland, white, cream-colored walls, harsh, uh, fluorescent lighting, uh, I don't know if they had that in the twenties. <laughs> I would assume so for like public buildings. Maybe. I don't know. I'll do research. <laughs> James is going to be our dramaturge for this podcast. There's a window on the, <laughs> there's natural lighting everywhere. There's natural lighting everywhere, but you're all in a hallway seemingly outside of, uh, the room of Rupert Merriweather waiting to be allowed in. The hospital has, Always the stupid rule of only X number of people in at a time. First off, Daniel, currently you're alone in this uh, hallway. What are you, what are you doing? He's probably like, this is the 20s. So like public smoking is probably like allowed kind of thing. So he's probably smoking inside this hallway and um, he's going to be like looking at this, uh, this document of why he's here. And cause uh, I think it was previously stated that he was hired to come here as a private investigator. And so he is going to be in the hallway looking at this, this higher, higher document, basically just reading it over, trying to find, like find out, you know, see if he can find any more details, you know, his, because he's a private investigator, his brain's always working. So he's, he's constantly trying to figure stuff out before he's even told what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably just smoking a cig going at it. Absolutely. And you've done a little bit of work for the Merriweather family already. You're kind of their go-to PI. And yes. Rupert in the past has contacted you for stuff, but this is the first time he's actually asked you to meet. 
Yes. Essentially, it's been for odd jobs here and there of like, hey, can you travel across the country and find out uh, why this person died or something, even though it was very clearly like a suicide or a murder or basic mugging or things like that. Uh, recently, he tried to get you to go to New Orleans uh, to investigate something, but you weren't able to fit it into your schedule. So uh he quickly reached out to you afterwards and sort of brought your summons. So as you're sitting there, you see Melvin approach. Oh, so Melvin probably comes in and I assume like straight from the university, probably comically dropping like books and papers. <laughs> and <things. laughs> My blueprints. <laughs> Picking all that up. Um, probably like a satchel, like on the side of these, like stuff to get into, um, maybe stuff that the professor asked him to bring, um, and just, uh, coming into the hall and seeing that someone else is there and kind of just trying to keep a little bit of a distance away. He's a shy guy. He's not really too keen to talk to many people at the moment. What's up, fella? <laughs> uh, uh, hi. What, uh, what you got going on there? You need help? Um, about like Melvin's probably just like getting everything settled uh, and taking out a book to put his nose in could kind of to just like avoid conversation. Um, and I'll just be like, um, I'm, no, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need any help. He's gonna, he's gonna like reach over and like ash his cigarette on the wall, like to snuff it out. <sighs> and then he's gonna like stick it into his breast pocket. He's gonna reach out his hands and be like, are you sure? Oh no, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. I got everything put away. All right. Well, be careful. And he's just going to lean against the hall. Uh, thank you. And then he'll kind of like find like a little area where he can sit down cross-legged and just uh, start flipping through that book, wait until he can go in. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, your colleague, who had, well, you like to call him your colleague. Yeah. He's he's an, a tenured professor yeah. while you are a teacher's assistant called you in you've had you've taken his class before you weren't able to be as his ta uh, i don't know how much you would have wanted to but probably very much so i'd say that he looks up to him a lot probably one of the only people to like uh like whose office hours he would actually go to like <laughs> this, to actually try to discuss like the subjects of uh what they're talking about in class very very curious about the subjects and so the, the fact that he even got the call from him to come here he was elated to hear about all right yeah so as uh you begin to settle you all see as richard walks up can i ask what time of day it is or did we describe that already so i would say it was probably midday mid-afternoon okay and there is interior lighting that's what i figured i was like although it was only in public and major buildings. And this is like go. a teaching hospital, so it would definitely be there you go. a well-lit area. Yeah. Homes he- were beginning to be wired in 1921. <laughs> <laughs> and by 1939, most homes had their own lights. There we go. With there switches go. on the walls. Well, there, is, Mr. On the appliances. <laughs> there you go. There you are. All that right. is our right. daily uh, fact. Richard is... He's walking through a little... I imagine very confused about why this regular at his bar has called him to be here. I I think he'd probably be a little suspicious and very cautious about coming here. But also, it's not a very dangerous place that he's entering. But he's a little he's a little taken aback by this, I think. And I he knows Mr. Merriweather decently well. 
given the fact that he's a frequent client at my establishment. But um, this seems very odd to him. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they say that there's two people besides your fa- your family that should know you more. That's your barber and your bartender. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we. I'm. I don't know what I'm walking into here. This is your first time seeing him in the daylight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this is the first time he'll see me not wearing my bar like outfit yeah exactly my probably one of the first times we'll see him fully sober yeah (laughs) (laughs) probably very true very true Mm -hmm. uh you walk up as you see uh one person very nerdy looking wearing a sweater vest type vibes with his book on the floor while other is in a chair currently holding a a pamphlet i I reach down and uh and pick up one of the books for him uh uh, hey, hey, buddy, you need some help there? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, he, he, here you go. And I hand him the book. Thank you. And he'll just really, yeah. really quickly take on oh, stuff in the satchel. A lot of stuff you got here. Uh, yeah. What you doing with all this stuff, man? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, I don't mean to intrude. I'm, I'm just... It's, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm just meeting uh, my professor here, and uh, I thought he might want to see all this. Oh, I gotcha. Well, please let me let me help you if I may. Oh, it's 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 fine. No, no, no come on, I insist, I insist. No, I I, I oh, pick okay. it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, he I, doesn't I, have the social skills yeah, to argue I, against this. I pick up the papers anyway. I, I'm not. Richard's not entirely sure about um like the importance of the documents and the papers that he. So he's just kind of grabbing them and putting them in whatever order. He, he, <laughs> I, I imagine Melvin like if he sees you handling something a little too roughly, he'd like try. Oh no, please let me take that. Like you don't need to touch it. Yeah, you can. There you go. I, but and I hand him like what I can, what I've got. Gathered yeah. from the floor. Uh, yeah, there you go. Right as rain, buddy. Oh, th- thank yeah. you. Um, thanks. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your What's your name? Oh, Richard. Oh, Richard. Um, it's nice to meet you. And I've pres- I, yeah, we shake hands. He actually puts out the opposite hand <laughs> of and so has to switch it. Yeah. It becomes an awkward situation. Yeah. Are you go- Are you heading this way? Uh, yeah, yeah, this room. I'm actually. The, wait, this room. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing uh, Mr. Merriweather? Uh, yeah, actually. Are, are Are you too? Yeah. Oh, oh, and then he'll he'll kind of like think about it for a second, and then turn to uh, Daniel and uh, say, "Are are you also here for Mister Merriweather?" Seems I am, and I don't like that you guys are here too. I prefer to do jobs alone. Oh, I'm I'm just a, I'm a student, and I, I he just asked me to meet him here. He takes a long puff. You're just here. He he just told me to come here. Melvin's like <laughs> not prepared to yeah. have this question. I, I, I see that you're having that um, <laughs> harassing him. Basically, I'm just hounding on him. Right I, I, st- I step in to try to ease the, the tension. tension here. This poor one. Uh, hey, you know, if, it, if it if it helps, I mean, I, I I got called in here, and I'm just as confused as both of you. And you know, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about here. And uh we're not come on, we're in a hospital. What's the what's worse that could happen, huh? Your qualifications are I work at the <laughs> I've forgotten the name already. Black market. Yeah, they, they, thank you. Oh, I work at the black market just a few blocks over there. A bartender's gonna tell me. I just, we keep it on the down low. Come on. Hey. I'm good at what I do. How'd you know? I don't know. I just kind of took a shot. <laughs> I looked at your shoes and I saw I've seen the socket on your phone and you're you're an alcoholic. You talk too fast. Almost like you're constantly trying to sell me something. Oh, Mr. Well, I could be selling you anything. 
Why is it gotta be booze? No, I'm just watching this whole exchange go down, looking back and forth between them. <laughs> it's it's all right, fella. Well, look, why don't we just take a seat and we'll just wait here until the nurse calls us in. I will be taking nothing. And he's like gonna start pacing back and forth. Uh, yeah, right, buddy. Uh, well. Me and Melvin will take a seat then, and you can just do your thing. He's going to give his hair a little pushback, and then he's going to, like, turn away and keep pacing. All right, and then we'll go over and wait on, like, one of the, like, benches that are outside the door, I imagine. I can, Melvin almost feels like uh, he's been commanded to, so he just kind of picks up a stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wanting to, like, start another situation. He'll, he'll I guess, yeah. he'll follow him then. <laughs> It's at this time, as you all sit down in the chairs that are kind of right next to the door, that you all see Gail come up. Gail is like full speed (laughs) running down the hall of this hospital. (laughs) And he is currently dressed in like a long john top with the sleeves rolled up. And there's like a nice patch of sweat Mm. coming from the neckline straight down. And uh, he's got uh, some red suspenders loose. Down, mm. down, down at his side. <laughs> oh man! And he's wearing like some some khakis and some like sturdy leather boots. And he he's just booking it down the hallway, like looking at the rooms, like whipping his head left and right, checking each number on the door. And uh, he sees all the people ahead, and he's like, in his head, he's like, "Dear God, please let him not be that room." <laughs> and he approaches. This is a fire hazard. Is in fact. <laughs> I'm so mad I didn't think of that. That's really funny. That's a fire hazard. Um, and he just starts to slow down. He sees this like wide range of individuals oh, yeah. in front of this door. Every just, demographic. Like, <laughs> well, looks like a, a party over here. Bunch of party animals. What are you doing here? We're just waiting to be let into the room. I, I, I'm, I'm just here. Daniel doesn't wait to be let in. I think Daniel is at this moment so like his mind is on overdrive, wondering like what's going on and like what why he's here and all these guys are here. That when he sees you like sprinting down the hallway, essentially, his first reaction is like to turn around. He drops his ciggy on the ground. He's right. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna leave that to like up to speculation, but yeah, he's ready to draw his gun at any point, like any second, because he doesn't know why you're sprinting towards him. So he'll see you with your hand in your jacket after he's like slowed to a stop and asked about the party and been like, "What you got him there, big fella?" little present for me it could be a present for you i think it could it'd be your last let me guess <laughs> revolver you seem like the type a real man does his fighting with his fingies fingies <laughs> 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 I said that with the straightest face. I just want everyone to know. Oh, to know so that. So I don't think anyone in the 1920s ever said fingies. <laughs> I, they said things like big cheese, my guy. Like big cheese. Is that, did they really? They did. That was yeah. a thing. No so shit. you got the big cheese, huh? <laughs> Which I will use later. I can see that. Melvin <laughs> is just wide-eyed at the exchange that's happening. I imagine Melvin's probably more scared than I am here. I'm. I'm also like. Trying to gauge, like, oh, what's going to happen with these? This two? is a shootout. In the yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm also very nervous because uh, Richard left his gun at home. Oh no! Yeah, Richard, and he doesn't have. Why any... would you do that, Richard? I don't know. I got him Stay hospital. He's going to a hospital. Yeah. He's caught lacking. Stay strapped to get clapped, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's caught lacking. Daniel is going to take a second and stare at you and just like thump your chest. Oh, <laughs> as you're like coming up to me. 
uh, Gail like stuck his hand out like you were going for a handshake like I respect you and then you like kept walking and he was like wait what <laughs> and then you thumbed his chest and he was oh, like no. oh yeah, no yeah I'll, I'll gladly do the handshake would you take actually. that yeah cause oh, okay. I, I just didn't shut up long enough for you to say it so that was my fault no but no no, no. I was, yeah I'll go for the handshake yeah. seemed like a sturdy fella and I uh, I just look over and I'm like as do you and I, I get up <laughs> off of the bench and I specifically point to y- your character, Jamie. So I take it you're here to see uh, Mr. Merriweather as well, yeah? I'm here to see the married man. Oh, God. Melvin, okay. like, through the, the whole exchange, he, he had his hand in his bag holding something, kind of shaking a bit, mm. but he never took it out. And then once the thing stopped, he released it. Melvin's strapped. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone strapped has a gun. You. Oh, Every, yeah, everyone has a gun. But me. See, seeing the handshake kind of calm him down, he, like, took a breath. <laughs> okay, that's funny. He's, he's going to let Richard handle yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't realize that uh, Mr. Merriweather had such an active social life. Yeah, so, well... In my line of work, things happen. You said things happen? What kind of things? What What do you do exactly? Hot things, I imagine. Gale fights fires. Uh, Gale? That's your name, right? Yes. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, I see you've met Crawl uh, here. Dan- uh, Daniel, was it? Was We're all right? drinking, yeah. buddies. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. You just saw this interaction. That's Obviously, it. they've never met before. That's true. So, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack it and... I'll backtrack. In that interaction, I imagine I go up to to Gale and I'm like, Oh, Gale, what's 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 going on? Why are you in such a hurry? The longer I'm gone, the longer those fires will burn. All right, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, what you doing here? Well, I, uh, Marigold uh, called me over here. Marigold? Wait, Ma- Meriwether? Ma- uh, yeah. Oh wait, is, oh, wait, is it, it was a Marigold or Meriwether? No, he doesn't know. Oh, he doesn't know. Okay. Yeah, Gale, that's like, you confused me. Jamie just, like, Jamie just gaslit you. He <laughs> <laughs> did. Okay. And it worked. No, it did. Kidding. It really did. Uh, Say it confident, though. Yeah. Say it confident? Yeah. Bruh. So, um, Marigold. You talk, wait. Are you here to see Meriwether, yeah. too? Yes. You are. I am. Are, are you both here to see Meriwether? Wait. Yeah. I, I, I turn to the, to Melvin, I'm like... Merriweather, how are you? Oh, oh I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not Merriweather. Oh, yeah, and you're facing a book just like him. Sorry, son. Uh, I, I'm a student, but I'm, I'm also here to see him. Yeah, well, yeah. pleasure. I'm sorry about that. It probably felt weird. Yeah, yeah a bit. Well, what you reading? Uh, he, he like kind of shows him the cover that was outwardly facing. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like the history of like Asian empires or some stuff like that, probably. No, yeah. history. I used to have some. <laughs> oh, okay, that's yeah. that's very vague. So uh, I, I I put my hand on Gail's shoulder like, oh, we don't we don't have time to unpack all that in front of the kid. No, that's all right. That's all right. Um, um, well, uh, do, how long have you guys been waiting? Well, Will we get to go in soon. I think uh, well, we just got here. Yeah, he he got uh, here just after me, and I got here just after him. I don't know how so long this crawl, guy's been here. Uh, he uh, he reaches inside of his uh, vest and he pulls out a uh, like a like a like a pocket watch, and he looks at it and he's like, I've he's like, I've been here for about. And he clicks it, and it shuts, and he sticks it back in. He's like, about 20 minutes. As you all are discussing how long you've been here, you hear the subtle clack of heels down the hallway. As you turn... (laughs) (laughs) Amelia, as you make your way down this hallway, you see four guys standing in front of the room that the receptionist told you where Rupert Merriweather is at. What the bloody hell's going on here? 
What? Amelia? You're here too? Richard? Yeah. Miss Grace, pleasure to see you as always. <laughs> all right, Gail, let's not, let's not be a creep, all right? No, no, I, I, I personally don't find you attractive as only one woman for me, but I just wanted to... <laughs> just wanted to offer you the courtesy of a warm welcome. Hello. The pleasure's all mine, Gail. Thank you. Aren't you, don't, aren't you supposed to be having a shift right now? It actually got cancelled after I got the call. I moved it to tomorrow. Oh. But don't tell me you're here to see Mary, Maryweather, too. Unfortunately, yes. So uh, we're all here to see the same guy. Yippee-ki-yay. It seems so. Hmm. But why are you all here? I, I've never met you two. And she kind of points at Daniel and... What's no, your name? Melvin. Melvin. Thank you. I was going to say, Melvin, now that a woman's present, instantly more nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he wasn't already nervous enough. Yeah, well, he is sweating bullets. Yeah. Right <laughs> um, I, I imagine Richard looks over at, uh, and notices Melvin <laughs> sweating. And I look back at uh, Amelia and I'm like, hey, buddy, it's all right. Amelia doesn't uh, bite. Oh, no, it's, it's uh, yeah. Often. What you scared of? Uh, Often. Oh. Uh, Imagine he's, he's like not even able to form words. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I look back at um at Amelia. Just take it easy on him. He's he's a kid. I imagine Daniel's probably like at the mention of you saying that you haven't never met one of us. I imagine he's gonna walk over and like just whip out a box of ciggies. <gasps> Like, he's got one in his hand, he's going to whip out the box, and then he's going to, like, do that little, I don't know what they do, the little, little like, something, and it, like, flicks one of them off to the side, like, sticking up, and he's going to just, like, stick it over, he's going to be like, name's Daniel. I appreciate the offer, but I do not smoke. Well, I do. Shame. One was offered. He, he goes to, like, a fireside, he lights the cigarette on the flame. <laughs> he runs out of the hospital. <laughs> As yeah. you, the, you pass the cigarette, uh, you see a, a nurse come up and just goes, listen, there's no smoke. Oh, what the heck? Forget <laughs> it. And uh, start. She was, you see, as she walked out of the room and is now walking is down the, the hallway. Door open? The door was open for a little bit and then it was closed. But the nurse is currently walking away. Um, Melvin, I guess we'll see her walking away. Um, can can we go in? What's well, waiting? Like, uh, Mr. Merriweather, can can we go in to see him now? Yeah, sure. Why do you go? Oh, th- th- thank you. Um, yeah, he'll what just kind of very quickly, like, pick up, like, once they're still talking, just, like, head in as quickly as possible. Mm. All right. Everyone <laughs> else stay outside. Dana's going to fucking, like, rush in. I'm not going in immediately. Yeah. I'm going to okay. wait. I, as I watch Mel rush in, I'm like, he's a speedy little fella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you notice that? thing with his face kids only got one eye you don't tell me you didn't notice it gail come on i mean i wasn't gonna be insensitive i mean i wasn't gonna be insensitive either but, but now you are <laughs> <laughs> no i wasn't no no no. i didn't mean it. I, w- I wouldn't say this to his face i just well then don't say it at all i'm just a little concerned you're digging gail, quite I'm just a little concerned Richard, your grave gail, is listen, deeper gail. every moment <laughs> And, the, and as Amelia's just, walking into the room, she's just like, there's also a lady in the presence, so I, don't, I doubt he'd want to act like this in front of me. And she just walks into the room. Also. There you go. And that. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to go in or you want to wait out here? I'll go in, but not because you told me to. Because I'd like to. All right, well, after you. And I've, uh, I, like, get, gesture towards the door. No. Walk in. So, as each of you, one by one, you know... Uh, come on into the room you all see the first centerpiece of the room is 
a very aged Rupert Merriweather, Dr. Merriweather. He has this aura around him where he is just still enough that you're wondering if he's already passed. But then you see the slight movement in the chest, the slight breathing before he seemingly wakes up from a little nap. Uh, And you see in the corner sitting in a chair is his, uh, who you assume to be wife, Agnes. And right next to his bed is his son. His wife, Agnes, is about 62 years old, it looks like. Rupert's about 75. And his son, Bertrand, who's right next to, uh, is about 33. And uh, you see as the wife has kind of already accepted how things are going, but uh, Bertrand is steadfast by his father's bedside. Hmm. Melvin, you were the first one to enter and sort of be greeted by Agnes as she kind of gets up from her chair and just goes, "Uh, Yes, how can can I help you? Oh, uh, um, yes, ma'am. You you must be uh, Mrs. Merriweather. Um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm Melvin. Uh, I'm uh, a student of your husband's. Oh yes, uh, he's, he said that some people were visiting him today, but that is were the last bits of his family. So I I, I didn't know who. I, I, I guess I, friends and colleagues. Yes, I didn't know who either. I I I thought it was just me, honestly, until I got here. Okay. Well. Uh, he appears at, oh, and there's more of you. Uh, hello, uh, ma'am. And, and you are? The name's Daniel. Uh, I'm a colleague of your husband's. Oh, you, you, you work with, at, at, at the college? Hmm. I work here, there, wherever he requests. And as you say that, Amelia walks in and you see as instantly she gets kind of flustered of like, and you are? He has family from London and I was requested to fly in. This is the first time that I'm hearing of this. And you see as she gets a little ticked off. Trust me, I'm just as concerned as you are. I have no idea why I'm here. I was just told to be here. Ah. Okay. And then both of you other two come on in and she just goes, wow, we have a whole room of people in here. Uh, Thank you, I guess. Mrs. Mike condolences. He was quite the gentleman. He's not dead. I look over at uh, what he assumes is the wife and son of Mr. Merriweather. Oh, well, we didn't mean to intrude on family. We're so sorry. And then that would probably be when... um, when Gail <laughs> says that, uh, and, I, and then after he says that, I look over at Gail, and I'm just giving him like a look of like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Forgive my error, um, ma'am. Uh, my name is Gail. I am here at the behest of your your dearest. I would like to say if there's anything that you require of me, let me know. Richard Maxwell, I was, I'm a close friend of your husband's and uh, I was very sorry to hear that he was uh, he was being placed here. He's still alive. I know that. I'd like to say Daniel the entire time from the moment like he walked in so not for Melvin because Melvin walked in first but everyone that walked in after him he's probably like like got his notepad out writing stuff like profiling you guys based off of your interactions with just this That's one cool thing ever heard. That's very gotcha. cool. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Very cool. And as you say this to Agnes, she just kind of goes, well, it seems like he's getting, he has a lot of friends and colleagues and 
family and she looks at you, uh, Amelia, that I didn't know about it, uh, at least while he was alive. And as she said, she says that this time you uh, all hear from the bed. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and I lived a life outside of you, woman. Quit telling everyone I'm dead. <laughs> Daniel's going to walk up to Agnes. He's kind of like place his hand very gingerly on her shoulder. So would you say he's been quite distant lately? And he looks at his notepad and just is ready to write down whatever answer. Yes, yes, he's been quite distant lately. Okay. Apparently okay. sending correspondence that I did not know about, even though he's been here for the past several weeks now. Weeks? Yes, I've, he's I've only known about days, his, possibly a week. His condition has been slowly declining, um, but it, it seems like he might be able to have pull through. But he like mumbles under his breath. He's like, been here for weeks. Okay. I only have one more question. Do you know why I am here? That's a very good question. Let's go ahead and you know what? Let me ask. Excuse me. Dear, why I need you to leave, woman. And you see as his eyes narrow, sort of black and beady. And he, she just kind of goes, wipes some, something off her face and just goes, yes, I assume this much. And she nods to her son and her son gets up and leaves the room. As her son walks out, she's like to give him like a little pat on the back. It's a little, a little something. That's all. As you do, he turns and you see he's got this big handlebar mustache uh, and some pincet, pince-nez on the end of his nose that he is taking off as he seemingly was reading something. Uh, he just goes, thank you for showing up, but make it quick. We'll make it painless too. <laughs> you see as he looks in that utter disbelief at you. I clap him on the back of the back. <laughs> I'm like, my boy, my dear, dear boy. I'm only trying to make light. I please excuse him. He's he's a bit different when he's not at work. But um we'll we'll be we'll only be just a minute. Yeah, you will be. And he goes and uh, seemingly walks out with a little bit more determination. So as you guys are now alone in the room with with Rupert Merriweather, uh, I need everyone to make yes. a spot hidden roll for me. Ooh, I'm good oh at that. Gosh. Spot hidden. Spot hidden. So just to clarify, because this is a lot of our first times, we roll percentile dice. So you're going to roll percentile dice, and everyone has their own personal score for spot hidden. Mm -hmm. This is just a regular spot hidden check. And if you meet or go beneath the spot hidden, then you will succeed. I see. I, <laughs> I got a 99. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. That's like rolling a natural one. Why don't you want to read your because Almost a natural one. Almost a complete fumble. This is my, this is my first roll of two. the game. You're me now. Yeah. Where's the pin of shame? I don't have it. I'm sorry. I do not like the pin of shame. All right. And then I guess we'll just go around the table. So a 99. That's yeah. definitely a failure. As the PI in the room, I think that's especially <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, oh it's gosh. really funny. Um, 67. 
is mine. 67 is yeah. that uh, just success fail that's uh, i'm supposed to roll lower than my percentage lower. Yeah, that's a fail that's a fail okay 57 that's a fail 57 that's a fail <laughs> 25. 25. Oh my god. We succeeded. We both succeeded. <laughs> the child with one eye <laughs> and the idiot <laughs> succeeded. Psychic <laughs> view three. I saw his roll and I was like, oh god, that's a good roll. And then I rolled mine. I also got a 25. <laughs> Daniel, you as a private investigator are invested in whatever Rupert is about to say. Yes. You don't see anything else in the room, but as you yes. go to the right of his bedside. Okay. The right. Okay. Of his bedside, you see that there's a little table with a wooden box, lamp, simple stuff on it. And as you kind of kneel at his bedside, you pull out your tablet and, or your paper and you're ready to write. You're ready to go. The two of you, Melvin and Gail, <laughs> you both kind of take a minute to look through the room and you see, you manage to note that on the left side of the bed, there is a coat rack, a coat rack with what Melvin would know is a very it's it's Rupert's coat essentially and mm-hmm. within that coat you see a small leather bound journal that specifically Melvin you would know he never like leave let's leave his side mm-hmm. essentially uh it's tucked into a little bit of a not a hidden pocket but definitely an out of the way pocket yeah but you can tell that, that and as you guys kind of naturally gravitate towards that on the left side of the bed you all see as he gathers you closer and just says, listen, there's not much time. Excuse me, didn't the doc say you were going to be okay? I said there's not much time. Yeah, uh, Mr. Merriweather, you're... Shh, 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 we're trying to listen. We're trying to listen. Can Melvin, while he's listening, be like inching towards that a bit? Absolutely. Make a stealth roll for me. Oh, no. Oh, there yeah. is a stealth mechanic. I'm going to be... I'm... Is there a help mechanic? Because Gail would I like will try say, and like let him do that. That will give him a bonus die. Cool. So I'd like to do that. I will roll percentile as normal. Roll percentile as normal. Add an extra D10 to for your tens. Okay. Essentially, and that in terms of D and D is advantage. So this this one right here is a fail. And you want to do the lower. So okay. So I roll again. Then both roll of them? a tens again. Just the Keep tens. the same singular digit. Ah, and then change the tens. Uh, that's that, even worse. That's worse. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I definitely wrong. fail. It's a fifty nine <laughs> okay, uh, as opposed to the twenty I needed to roll. It nothing too major. Everyone just sees as you get closer to that side. Uh, My but shoe nobody squeaks else. on the floor <laughs> on the uh, linoleum. Yep. And as uh, everyone else is more in, into uh, what's going on right now, as he goes, there's not much time. What do you mean, love? What do you mean, not much time? I need your help. In my youth, I and some fellow students became involved in what we believe to be an innocent exploration of the occult, led by a slightly older man named Marion Allen. The six of us purchased an old farmhouse a few miles west of Arkham, near the village of Ross's Corners. There we could conduct our seances and other physical research in privacy. Alas, our work had unforeseen results. Our last experiment summoned an evil force into this world, 
Instead of attempting to expel the thing, we were afraid and abandoned the old house, confident that the magic that we brought this evil into this world would also keep it confined to the vacant house. I'll send it back after a short time, but... However, I have seen and discovered that the spell binds the entity to the house lasts as lonely the casters live. I am the last of the group, and I fear that upon my death the thing will go free and wreak havoc on the folks thereabouts. I am too old, too ill, and too much of a coward. Too much of a coward to go back to the house to try to banish the entity myself. I am guilty of many things, but my deepest sin was unleashing that horror that fateful night. I am convinced the entity will escape its confinement on my death. Take the box. And you see as he gestures towards the box next to the nightstand. Daniel, do you take the box? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, you turn over and take the box. All I can aid and offer you lies within. You must find the courage to send that damned thing back where it came from. You must see this done. Do it for me. Please. I'll do it. But did you say Ross Corners? You see as he begins to respond, but (coughs) 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 as blood and black black bile flows from his mouth, he turns over to the right of the bed and spews all of this all over you. Daniel, I need you to make a sanity check for me. Everyone in this moment is going to have a chance to do one thing, essentially, That's except right. for Daniel, who's making his, a sanity gotcha. check. Okay. So I roll these two dice. Right. Hmm? I roll these two. You roll, roll uh, it's same thing as a spot hit, in the essentially. So you're just going to roll your D10s, your percentile mm. dice, and roll against your sanity. And then Melvin, while this is happening, um, he, he's obviously very freaked out and concerned, but uh, I think in the moment, in like a panic, uh, he would go and try to cr- take the book from the... Uh, coat that he saw. I'll say you can do that if you pass a sanity roll. I misread oh. that. Everyone make a sanity check oh, for me. Okay. I and that's per- percentile? At or less than our sanity number. Failed. Yes. You lose one point of sanity. Is it it's fine to like, it's just like throw up essentially, right? It's something more. Something, is it gonna hurt? Like, is it hurting me by touching me? No, it's ju- it's the sheer shock of Black. Once, yeah. one moment you're fine, and another you are drenched in blood and gore. Um, I think he's gonna like be like really surprised and like, oh my god! And then he's gonna like wipe it off of like his face and like his hands, and then uh, he's just gonna grab uh, Richard's hand, mm-hmm. like firmly grasp it with this box in his hand, and he's just gonna be like, "You've got my word," and then bolt out of the room while drawing his gun out and just sprint. <laughs> Let's. Rewind that just a split second. Okay. Let's check everyone's sanity and then go back to that. Awesome. Okay. So fail, lose a sanity. Yes. Uh, I passed. I got a 19. Passed. You don't lose any sanity. I failed by one. I got a 69. Lose one sanity. <gasps> nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. I uh, succeeded with a 52. Succeeded. All right. Uh, failed with an 82. Lose one sanity. I did. All right. Nice. So you take a second and take a beat to wipe all of this black bile, like just clear it from your eyes. Yeah. And as you take his hand, you see he is dead. Stone cold dead. And in that case, he's is his like eyes open? Yes. 
in um, shock and horror. You succeeded. You rolled lower. I rolled lower. You're supposed to roll lower. Supposed to roll lower. Oh, then I did not girl. fail. Okay. There you go. Okay. The 69 saved my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> Uh, with his eyes open, his mouth agape as well. Um, he's gonna like grab his hand and firmly grasp it, and then when he realizes he's dead, he's gonna just slowly let go, and then he like, close his eyes, like try to push his mouth closed. All right, as you are doing this, uh, you are going to, and shouting down the hall oh, for yeah, a doctor. Yeah. Once this is happening, um, he, as soon as he starts to cough, I immediately am like inching towards the door, and then when I see the blood, I Richard just goes. Oh shit! And then just sprints to the door and is just hollering like, "Nurse, nurse, please, so- someone help this man!" As you slam open the doors, you see already that his family is coming back down with a couple doctors and security, specifically. Uh, seemingly, they were already on their way back. Security. As you see this, you uh, we go to a split second. Uh, Gail, you have a split second. Um, so you guys see. A Gale that you haven't seen yet. You've seen him like move pretty slow, think pretty slow. But the minute, the second that happens, he'll like put an arm in front of Melvin and like kind of protect you. And he like tenses up and like makes himself like a wall in front of you. And then uh, as we do that, I also because that that isn't much of a of an action. I'd like to nod at Melvin to snag the journal. I was going to ask, do I actually succeed in getting the journal or because I failed my sanity roll, do I not get to? I'll say you failed, but you can definitely communicate like you are currently in shock and horror. At this moment, Gail turns and sees as Melvin is frozen with fear, essentially. Yeah. So, Gail. I am still if, on the book. OK, yeah. I'll, I'll grab it then. All right. You grab the journal. Amelia, what do you do in the split second? Uh, she's currently throwing up her guts in a trash can <laughs> in the room because she does not like the sight of blood. And this is the scene that the doctors and Agnes and Bertrand see as they all enter. Uh, you call, they push past you, Richard, as the doctor kind of just looks in and goes, what the hell is going on here? Out, out, everyone out, everyone out. And you see as he starts to usher you out specific and the security is sticking close to you guys. What do you do? You are now out I in go, the hallway. Uh, officers, um, I I work with the emergency services. I I promise you no funny business happened here, and I will attest to that in court of law. Well, you can attest to that in two seconds. If you could, please, all, we're, we're going to make our way down to uh, the station, if you will. We have a few questions. Of course, we, we would love to comply, as I nod to you all in a way that means we will definitely not comply. Amelia is currently a very green face, and she does not reply to that. Can I actually pull out my badge? Your badge uh, you made yourself because you're a private investigator. <laughs> 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 and be like, ever so confidently, and be like, I think I've got this one. You see, as he, I did a little uh, check for him, if you will, yeah. just to kind of see how he would react. You see, as he squints his eyes, looks at the badge, and just, can I see that real quick? And he he's going to like, he's kind of proud of his craftsmanship. He doesn't really want anyone to touch it. No, just, like, just a second. Just a second. I suppose. Could be like a business card, not necessarily a homemade badge. <laughs> no, it's a whole, whole homemade badge. As he grabs it, he looks to his partner and just goes, yeah, this is evidence file number one, and puts it in a little bag and puts it <laughs> So I'm pretty sure impersonating an officer is a crime. So. <laughs> and then I pull out my, like, actual badge that's, mm. like, real. It says my firehouse number. That says my firehouse number on it. And I just, like, I'm like... I'm legit. Mm-hmm. As you kind of do this to him, he just goes, oh, well, uh, thank you for your 
public service and everything, but we still oh. need to bring you in. If you could actually just follow us down any points down yeah. one end of the hallway, do you guys go with? Absolutely. Melvin's like, nods. Yes, yeah, 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 sir. He pulls out like his student ID and everything. <laughs> so, here you go. Uh, here, do, do you need my social too? Do, do I, I've, I've never had this happen before. Certificate. <laughs> Probably. I've got it all. He's got his resume. All his like, diplomas. <laughs> he's got everything. Yeah. Does everyone follow? I comply. Yeah. Amelia Amelia's like trying to keep her composure, but she's still kind of like. Like breathing very heavily she after pulls that out her whole, sheet music. She, I imagine <laughs> she's, just, she's just kind of like humming a tune to herself to calm down and she's just <sighs> I'm imagining Richard being that we work together I'm like trying to comfort Amelia a little mm-hmm. bit a- after comforting her I'm just turning to the officers I'm like could you could someone please tell me what is going on in there like, we would we were just we got this mysterious letter to come see this man and now he's just dead and this guy's covered in this Richard, black g- what I, they this don't know so- any more than we do Richard is freaking out right now and then he he Maybe. like grabs you by the shoulders and like looks your eyes he's like we're gonna figure this out man did you not hear what that old man I was talking said, about look at me I'm looking at you we are gonna figure this out, man. And I like make a like a eye glance over at Crow. Yeah. And then I like point like I glance down in my pocket with like his journals like sticking out. And then I glance over to Melvin <laughs> and I just smile at Melvin. I just this imagine is all, like, five <laughs> And then I, I glance over at Miss Grace and I'm like, "You all right?" And then he doesn't say that, but he like he, you know he says it with his eyes. And then and then he I glances back and he was like. I also you imagine you're that. like you're digging your hands like, deeper with deeper every glance into, into my, <laughs> into my shoulders. Like, can I just point? Out, I like that you're saying eye glances, as if there's another thing you can glance with. <laughs> my elbow, <laughs> um, my fingernails, your fingies. <laughs> Richard is very much like out of words to say. There's like he's just very stumped with what's going on, so he's just kind of like. Fine, you know. And then Amelia just kind of like wraps her arm around him a little, and she's like, "Just quiet down, love. Let's just go along with this until we figure out what's going on." Why are you go? I, you were in there just vomiting a minute ago. Now you want to go along with this? I just, I just set off. You're you're running. Uh, no, I'm just going to walk casually, like where they told us we were headed. Okay. Like, Melvin's okay. already walking with the police officer. <laughs> yeah, I'm just as confused as I'm just as confused as you, but I too want to know what's going on. But Daniel's, um, Daniel's really like, I'm trying to be the man, and so he's like, "Come now, we go, <laughs> we we ride at dawn." I'm just <laughs> look, 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 fellas, All I'm saying is, it seems a little weird that y'all are just so. Eager to comply with these guys. We don't know what the hell's going on here. I'm, I'm a student man. I, I, <laughs> I, no, you, no, you it, I understand. And you I are In my personal experience, law enforcement is there to help. All right? They get to the bottom of stuff, like why people die. This yeah. is their job. Investigators, also not too shabby. But listen, comply until we're given a reason not to. You got something to hide. All right, this... um. Yes, that 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 puts me just a little bit more at ease, but I'm still very concerned. So I'll I'll, I'll relax, and I I choose to go along with it. All right, everyone continues down the hall as you all are brought down to the Arkham PD. Uh, APD sounds like a from from a Batman game. 
So each of you are questioned thoroughly as a public police force uh, can essentially hold you for, uh, which is not much in this situation as you guys have very little connections except for a few of you, which you cannot really talk about. Uh, So seemingly you are five unconnected people except by this one man who apparently called you all right before he died and seemingly you guys didn't kill him they couldn't prove anything at this point as you guys are now all in front of the arkham uh, police department building with a wooden box and a leather-bound book I was going to ask, though, um, so have we been questioned yet? Yes, fully, like for like a solid 30 minutes of like each of you guys were questioned individually. I didn't know if we were going to role play that out. But no, Melvin Bricks, like he (laughs) he tells them anything and everything (laughs) they want to hear. Um, He he, like pulls out like, like, he's like, I was here. Like, (laughs) this is like, this is the time I got there. These people were there. I spoke two words to his wife, essentially. And now this happened. (laughs) It's like a log book of like, yeah, he goes, listen, we don't need to know your last semester grades like it would have been 100 but he docked me for a score on a test that i really i i would argue that i passed um but, but the bonus like, points made it 105 i don't know why you're counting it made it 115 though is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> he's, got like, he's got like report cards from like grade one yeah. <laughs> in the file folder but yeah so as you all kind of stand out with this stuff that uh meriwether gave you the floor is yours. If you feel like you need to go somewhere, uh, you can ask me or make a check or some of you know places in town that uh, Gail looks at you guys and goes, well, I'll see y'all at the farmhouse. And he just starts to walk away. <laughs> wait, 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 hold, He's a man of action. Hold on. I, 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 I go to stop him. Gail, you're not, ser- you're not serious, well, I'm, are you? I'm going to walk back to my car. I'm going to get in it. And I'm going to go fight this fire the way I fight regular fires with my fists. Yo, you don't seriously believe all that hogwash that that old man was talking about. That He was clearly out of his mind. He was at the end of his life. That old I don't man like... is smarter than you think he is. And I don't like the way that you're phrasing what's going on here. Are, are Listen, you... there are things in this world. Things none of us could hope to understand. I had experiences what what and what do you mean uh well i'm not at liberty to say right now because i wouldn't very much like to uh, uh, okay I, I respect that i well you should but i would like to say that man was telling the truth and he had the fear of god in his eyes or of something much worse i think it's a load of bull crap and she just Thank kind of you. stands up and she stands next to richard and she's just like Thank I, you. Someone here is a sane person. Hey, kid, you look like you want to see something. Well, this is a, a DM question. <laughs> I thought I was doing like an awesome uh, time. Uh, I, I was, would Melvin have heard of anything similar in stuff that he's read or maybe even things that he's talked to the professor about? Ooh. Make an occult check for I'm me. I'm glad oh. you said that because that's what it. I took some uh, <laughs> skill in. And what is that a that's a fail? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you failed me. I'm so good at this. Oh. Seventy two, but my uh, my skill is fifty five. Okay, uh, so uh and actually I would say that this would be a more of a hard check, so that would be against your half value. 
Then that would be 27. <laughs> 27. So, uh, you got no idea, man. You know, it's like, Dang. there's lots of, like, it's so generic of, you know, so many different cultures have concepts of, the, in terms of the occult of summoning things, summoning extraplanar things, summoning things greater that, you know, that are from other dimensions or from other realms, other worlds, whatever you uh, the culture wants to call the other spheres, mm-hmm. essentially, or things that are so grand that they cannot be comprehended, not even just by us, but by the very dimension of the third mm. dimension uh, that they have to exist outside and only elements of them can exist in our realm. Mm. Uh, but you got no, uh, you feel like you need more data. Flip out a book and start flipping through. <laughs> Crawl. What do you make of all this? Um, um. I mean, you were the one that got spat on. Well, I don't much like that, but uh, it seems I've been hired to do this. You, you were hired. Yeah. Paid in advance, I hope. Yeah, of course. But what do I make of it? I say, I'm going to make like a banana and split. Have you, well, before you split, have you seen anything like this before? What do you, I don't recall anything from my Damn past. Damn it, man. What does your heart say? You're just pushy. <laughs> I, yes, but I'm pushing for an answer, friend. And I'm much obliged if you would answer. I am answering. I have not seen and do not recall seeing anything like this in the past. But it is not my concern, because it is a job. I can respect that, kid. Suppose I should Uh, ask you, you seem, I mean, you know books. (laughs) I don't. Uh, Yeah, well, um, the professor and I... uh, both kind of shared an interest in stuff like this, but uh, I've I've never heard about something like this before. Do you mean you haven't heard of it coming to actualization, or you haven't heard of anything of the like? I mean, there's a big difference between reading about stuff in books and then actually hearing about it from someone who proceeded to spit blood on all of us. Um, valid. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. No one's heard of it because it's all bullshit, alright? None of this is true. He's a man he's speaking out of his mind. He doesn't know what's going on. He's at the end of his that life. Man. He's a senile old man. How dare you How spit dare on I? the legacy of a brilliant He's insane! He is a respectable <laughs> and wonderful individual who helped me through the hardest time of my life. All, look, all I, buddy, all I know is that he was a frequent client he stopped coming in for a few weeks, and now I know why, because he's clearly lost his mind. Well, why don't you stop making assumptions about folk before I start to make some about you? Oh, what kind of assumptions do you think you can make about me, huh? I you think know the I first could... thing about me. Crawl. He puts out his hand, and he, okay, he's, he just reaches very slowly while looking at you with, like, the eyes of, like, you better stop now. Melvin has got his hand in his bag again. Wait, have you been taking notes on us this whole time? Is that what it is? Oh, you think you got me all figured out, huh? Well, go ahead, Mr. P.I. Tell me. Tell me is my life story. Tell me my life story right I'm now. I'm letting you take control of that. I'm ready. I want you to He do hands it. me his revolver. And I look at you. 
Well, hey, hey, buddy, what you doing with that? My goal at all times is to protect and serve. Right now, you are desecrating the legacy of a trusted friend and an individual who spent his entire life trying to right his wrongs and his mistakes. And he's asked us kindly as his final wish to right his last wrong. I will not sit idly by while you desecrate the legacy of a brilliant man. I will not hesitate Richard, to shut <laughs> you up. Richard is like a deer in headlights right now, wide-eyed. And he's also, at this moment, when you pull the gun, he reaches for where would be his pistol and realizes <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have his. And he's just like... Shit. And Amelia, at this point, she notices the tension. She grabs Richard's arm and, like, almost drags him out of the room, away from everything. Oh, no, 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 no. This is all happening. Oh, on the street, on the street. Okay. No, no, no. no. There, I was listening. There's no escaping this. No. This is all happening right in front of the police headquarters right yeah, now. I'm, um, I'm and it is in this moment I'm right not. now that everyone feels like they're a little exposed to be having this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, Melvin, like with his hand handling his bag, like white knuckling something, shaking a bit. Miss Mister Gale, please put the gun away. I was never going to use it. I was never going to use it. I'm not a. I'm not very gifted with firearms. Okay. I I agree with you that I'd like to help the professor, but we don't need to go about it like this. You almost gave me a heart attack, Gale. Jesus Christ! Listen, there are a few things in this world that I don't mess around about. One of them is the man who helped me heal after after something very difficult that happened to me in my life. Uh, um, I understand. But um, you guys would like a place to discuss in private. I do have a uh, a place we could talk over in Ross Corners. Close to where he asked us to check it out? Same city. I don't know how close to the farmhouse, but... Well, I, uh, hold on there. I tell you, y'all seem pretty serious about this, but we better not speak... But the cop is on the other side of the wall, huh? So, while we talk about this at the black market, huh? I agree. Let's go. And she's, uh, like, desperate to get well, out Well, hold on. I hand your gun back. When, uh, when he, like, hands it back to me, I'm going to show, like, when I put it away, I'm going to look over at Melvin. Just to, like, calm his nerves, and I'm going to pull out, like, a spare set of bullets. Mm-hmm. Almost, like, to spare kind of gun. Like, <laughs> no, like a spare set of bullets to be like, like it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't loaded, loaded it showing was, the bullets from the gun. Yeah. No, 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 no. It I'm was, but you're trying to make was, him think. I'm, I'm pulling out a spare to make him think it wasn't loaded to maybe like calm, calm him, ah. just to calm his nerves a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like you, I gotcha. we tell he's tense. Yeah, like we were both kind of on the same page, even though we weren't. Like yeah. I was, I was fully ready just for that to happen. And oh, then, yeah, he'll, he'll take his, his hand out of his bag <laughs> and kind of calm down. Just I was fully ready to kill your character. I promise I wasn't going to shoot you. That's not. That's not. I didn't even have to try to kill you guys. You did it. <laughs> I understand you not wanting to meet at the firehouse. Neutral territory. I don't know if I see this uh, black market as neutral territory either. Amelia, you got any ideas? I just remembered I had something come up and I have to go. So I don't think I'd be able to follow you in your adventure. Wait. Oh, well, where are you going? Uh, some business 
came up and I don't think I'd be able to follow you. Uh, this is too much for me to handle and I'm not sure if I can participate. Oh, hold on. You, I, I, I pull her aside. You can't leave me alone with these whack I'm jobs. I'm sorry. It's... it's and I look back and I'm like, sorry, fellas, just give us a, give me a, give us like, a second. That's all right. I'll chat these yeah. two up. <laughs> <laughs> can we do the side afterwards? Yeah. Like okay. um, what kind of businesses got you to where you got to leave now? I just don't think I'm up for all of this. It's way too much for me to handle. Well, shit, neither am I. But you saw that guy just pointed a gun at me. You. <sighs> he could have killed me right on the streets. With that, I think we're. Too far into it now. You're right. This is too much for me. I just, I just need to make money at the bar. Um, she's like sweating bullets at this point. Her makeup is like almost just about to come off because how much she's sweating <laughs> from all this. And I, I, I just, I, I grab her like, like the, the shoulder, not shoulder, but like half upper arm, yeah, up your arm, yeah. I'm just like, look. Out of all the people that were just there, you're the only one I really trust right now. And frankly, I don't want to be left alone with them. I'm so whatever business you have, it really needs to wait just a little bit until we figure out what the hell's going on. Please. She just kind of avoids eye contact and looks around the group. And she's like, I don't know any of these men as much as you do. <laughs> I was, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, they're harmless. Well, I mean... Uh, as of what happened last uh, uh, five seconds ago, not not exactly. <laughs> no, but I know just a like a small side of them. I don't know this kid, this cyclops here. <laughs> and I bet she just kind of raises an eyebrow. That she's like, mind <laughs> your language. He's just a child. You know. Sorry, but uh, if we if you and I stick together and we know we can trust each other, it'll be fine. Let's just write it out. We'll see what's going on, and then we'll get out. We'll go back to work. What do you say? You do pay well, so sure. All right, let's do it. Um, probably look to you guys like, look, I don't know you two, Beetle from a Badford, but listen, I trust you two more than I trust them. They're the ones I knew before I came here. <laughs> We're right. I, I know you're an honor-bound man. You're going to do your job that you were paid to do, and that's something that I respect and that I trust. You're a man of your word. I can appreciate that. And you... You seem to notice the same things I do. It's a gift. Stay oh. strong, little one. He like doesn't know how to interact with like a younger person. <laughs> I'm like as tall as you, dude. <laughs> like little one. He's like probably maybe even shorter than you. I don't know. He, uh, Daniel's gonna look over and be like, "You respect me as I respect you." And then he's gonna like reach over and try to do like an impromptu but like dope handshake, like one of those like. <laughs> And to just and impromptu and see if we can like just sink it. I thought, I thought you were gonna say like the yeah. the predator like Impossible. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, You've been pushing too many pencils with Alan. Like you like, like, son of a bitch. I mean like 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 a, like, a, a, like a full handshake. It's gonna be a hard roll if Alex makes this roll, my man. No, the man says no. Call of Cthulhu is very much a game of role play and very little roles, but the roles you do are important. Mm-hmm. Cool. So cool, cool, cool. We just do that. Do you want to? Do you want to succeed? Um, or do you want to fail? I, I'll. 
I like I'm like in it in the beginning. I'm like figuring it out. I'm following it up. I'm quick on the moves, and then I start to fall apart. I'm like I was too confident, too fast, and, and, then, and then you're still <laughs> going. I'm falling behind, and I and it, we, we get to the end, and it's like it's like this right here. Like you're you're going in for it, and I'm like you're like failing, and I just. I'm just like you get the point. Melvin's watching the whole thing. Like, wow. There's one thing I wanted to ask. Noticed you're quite fond of that specific pocket. Um, and listen, a man is entitled to his secrets. Don't feel no pressure now. Uh, it's it's just um it's it's something important. It's 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 not a gun. I can promise you that. I didn't think it was. You're not the type. No, I I I I couldn't handle a gun. Tell you the truth, kid. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> That that makes what you did a lot more scary than sir. Yep, that's better. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to put you guys yeah. off. I was trying to bring comfort with that sentence. I know how to operate a gun. I'm, I'm just not a good shot. Uh, oh, I, I get it. It's just um, oh, okay. This this was something that was kind of uh, important to me and a bit to the professor, I suppose. But yeah. Well, if you reach a time where you feel so inclined to share, or you need someone to carry that load with you, sure, me and crawl. Uh, just like nodding towards the kid, like provide comfort. <laughs> like he's, he's gonna like would be here to back you up. Uh, yeah. Daniel's gonna like like pull his spyglass out, look through like to you, and he's like <laughs> at me. Yeah, he's just gonna be like, uh, yeah. You seem you seem like an intellectual. Uh, I can get along with that. And he shows it back to his pocket. Um. This is all well and good, you two, but um, do you really think that we should be arguing with two people that might be able to help us? I Who's mean, arguing? I mean, well, I mean, I mean, he did just hold a gun to him. Listen, silly banter. Kid, I, I wasn't gonna hurt him, but there are times in this world where you have to stand your ground. I served, and I didn't get to do nothing major, but my life's been on the line. And sometimes, when there's more important things at stake than then your safety. I'm talking about the real stuff. Emotion. Heartache. I, I, I can understand <laughs> that, but don't you think that maybe the professor asked us all to come for a reason? I think he did. Yeah, obviously. And that's why we need to go as a unit. All, all I'm trying to say is uh, maybe there's a better way that we could go about this, you know, in, instead of antagonizing each other. Fair. Um, and uh, I'll let you take the lead. Oh, no, no, that's not what I'm asking you to do, sir. Oh, yeah, why not? Why not? And I start patting oh, him on his God. back. Like, I, I mean, they don't trust me or crawl. I start, like, I start, like, nudging him closer and closer to the other <laughs> side. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's not able to put up much resistance. We've, like, delegated that you are our representative, and <laughs> that is how it's going to go. I'm the neutral ground. I'm, I'm Switzerland. Yeah, you're, you're okay. Switzerland, you baby. Are. Okay. So I, I guess I'll get shoved over there. <laughs> Uh, do you, you so you shove him into our yeah we push him into the circle probably just as you say Cyclops yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as I shove him be like look I'm sorry about my jump to action but I can't have you desecrating people I care about in that way look Gail I admit, it meant no offense by it all I'm saying is I didn't want anything to do with what happened there I just want to get back to work and to my life. Is that too much to ask? Yes. Excuse me, I was talking to Gail. I don't much care. Alright. Oh, okay, um, actually try to speak up here. Uh, how, how about we talk like we said we were going to? You wanted to go to your, your, your bar? Great idea, Tiny. I agree, we go to the black market. 
Okay, well, obviously you want to talk. They want to talk also. They have a preferred location. We, we can compromise. Is that... I think he makes a very valid point. Thank you. Oh, you're, you're, you're welcome. He's going to look away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, kid. Yeah. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the kid wants. Yeah, it's what he wants. I'll tell, okay, tell you what. First round's on me. And I'll tell you what. Second one's on me. <laughs> and I'll tell you, you what. Go, I'll enjoy both rounds. There you go. Do, do you have milk at this bar? <laughs> That's it. That's the through line between all the systems. Milk. Well, we can, we can, we can, we can get some. I'm sure for mimosas, you cool. Probably got some orange juice of some kind. Yeah, oh, we'll, I, I, we'll I don't like orange juice. Okay. Well, we'll hook you up. Thank you. Yes, sir. And I think we're gonna try to go to the black market. Yeah. Wow, this one's a heavy one, folks. Good thing today is Smile Day, so hope something in this makes you smile. Thank you all so much for listening to the first episode of our hand at Call of Cthulhu. Really, from the bottom of all of our hearts, we just want to say thank you. And we actually really need your help. The best way that you can help us grow is to share this with a friend who might be interested. Or if you don't know of a friend that might be interested, you can always leave a rating or a review on your podcatcher of choice, and that'll help us show up more up on the platforms. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and TikTok. We are at Systems Wild on all platforms. And our next episode will be October 21st, which looks like it's going to be not only National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day, but also Reptile Awareness Day. So enjoy those pumpkin cheesecakes in the middle of spooky October with your beard dragons. Alright, enough from me. Back to Call of Cthulhu. So as you all make your way across town, away from the front of the police station, if you could, Richard, describe the black market. I'd be happy to describe the black market. So the front of the black market is like a very small general store. And in the back, back where like would what would be like the stock room. And there's still a stock room there, but there's also a door that leads down into the speakeasy of the black market. And it's got, you walk in and immediately you're greeted to the bar. Uh, it's a long, like, um, not a horseshoe bar, but it's like, um, it's like against the wall, basically. Like oh, okay. I see, I see yeah, 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 It's, um, and there's, um, there's booths, like those really fancy, like velvet, like, uh, like velvet booths that have like oh, the, nice, uh, nice. The, the like pins in them or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the bar stools are the same way. They're cushioned that exact same way. And yeah. they're, um. They're like a very deep, like burgundy color. It's a bougie little. Yeah, color. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm digging it. Yeah, and there's a there's a pit for uh, live music in the corner, and there's also a small, not not quite like a no, not necessarily like a big stage, but like a little elevated platform where uh, we can have live performers like Amelia, 
it's mostly Amelia that performs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's she like, is well. She's like, yes, I do. And she is a, a crowd favorite for sure. All right, all right. As you all kind of make your way towards uh, into this area, uh, you sit down at one of the booths and kind of uh, without uh, prying eyes and ears or uh, at the bar is there's no one in there is it's mid afternoon. You know, it it's a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, people going to be coming real, real late. The floor is yours. What do you guys wish to do? Uh, first, I'd like to start by locking the door of the speakeasy so that no one can get in. Are we the only people in here? I, I think we would be the only people in here, except for maybe there might be well, like a skeleton crew. Or- yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, a, like another person watching the bar or like. So like would, a, would like a wait staff, leave? huh? But would you make them leave? That's a good question. I was gonna ask. So you're you're just the bartender. You're not the owner, right? I'm not the I I basically like manage the gotcha. staff, but I don't own the place. Gotcha. I just yeah. want to make sure. Team lead. Yeah, exactly. Team leader, exactly. <clears throat> um, all right. So yeah, uh, the bar's empty. Cool. Yeah. So we make our way in, and I lock the door behind us. Good. You do see that there is one uh, waiter essentially kind of starting to break down chairs and things like that. He just goes, hey, uh, what what's going on here? Uh, can I we haven't given this person a name. Does he have, do you have a name for him or do you want me to just make up something? Make up some. All right. Tim. His name's Tim. Uh, hey, hey, Tim, uh, you come here for a second, please. Yeah, sure. What's up? Yeah, just stop what you're doing. Just come over here. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK, boss. Yeah. Uh, you, you mind stepping out for a little bit? We kind of need the space for a bit. I know you're packing up and you're doing stuff, but uh, why don't you go ahead and I reach in my, I reach in my wallet and I pull out, um, like a, I pull out like a, like a five, like a five dollar bill, five dollar bill, yeah, and nineteen twenties, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, as uh, he, he just goes wide eye and just goes. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, and snatches out on your hand and slips out the back. Yeah, hey, 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 Tim, Tim, Tim. Yeah. We, we're not here. Sure, whatever. All right. And goes I'll off. see you later. As a reminder, you do still have the book, the box, and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to find a comfy seat and start to peruse. All right. I need to deduct $5 from my cash. Correct. Don't worry about it. Okay. Remember, your spending limit is $10, so basically you don't really have to tell me anything like, oh, I buy this thing. Okay. Unless it's more than $10. Heard. Gotcha. That's the big, that's, it's very loosey-goosey. Okay. It's very much just, nice. hey, by the way, you just can't, you just can't casually be like, oh yeah, I spent three grand and bought a helicopter and we're we're going to fly out of here. In 1920s? Where'd you get it from? 1922 helicopter. It's a good Da Vinci But yeah, so... What what else is everybody? What is everyone else doing? Um, I'd say Melvin's probably sticking close to Gail just because he knows that he has the book, and he's most interested in that. Right. Uh, uh, Dana's probably sticking close to Gail too because the the I feel like they have like this this like um hoo like brotherly bond weird romance rapport, but it's there yeah. like weird like 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 we were lying about knowing each other for like a while earlier, but like yeah. at this point like we don't even know if we're lying. Yeah, like, <laughs> like man, did I go to grade school with that guy? Or this is my brother. <laughs> so it's like we've known each other for years. <laughs> so I think we're gonna I think we're gonna stick close to him with the box, and then I'm just gonna like like I'm gonna just whip the box out. But okay. So just looking in the book right now. And, oh, uh, sorry. And I'm getting behind the bar 
All right. And I'm going to start making everyone some drinks. Amelia's starting, just kind of standing with, there waiting for someone to pull a chair out for her because chivalry's not dead in the 1920s. <laughs> no one will do it. No one will very quickly, not looking at you, just kind of go pull it out and then immediately set away. <laughs> starting with... Thank you, love. Yeah, you're welcome. What's, uh, what's, uh, what's Amelia's drink of choice, you think? Uh, she loves red wine. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Wine. Like a Like a Merlot? Or like a, what um, like a Pinot Noir kind of wet kind Cabaret. of guy? Ooh, Cabernet. Okay, yeah. nice. I pour you um, one of our, our nicer cabs that we have. Nice. <laughs> what would Gail's drink of choice be? Uh, do you think? He just takes uh, well whiskey neat. Ooh, well, okay. I like <laughs> dilute it with like a little bit of water as well. Just because that's like kind of what you did. He wants it neat. He wants it neat? Just chill, baby. Uh, that's, how, that's, how, that's how we chill it. With I water. I don't want any aqua. If you chill, well, you don't. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There's gonna be water. I'm like, I want it this way. Ignore me. Ignore me. (laughs) So, uh, no, we're not gonna ignore you, actually, because you pull out the journal for the first time since going and all this kind of stuff, and you see that it is a well-worn, leather-bound journal, yellowed pages, very, very old. It kind of actually looks like this. (gasps) A prop. Alex oh, just wow. handed me an actual leather-bound journal that it's I'm not afraid to open, that I wasn't afraid to open moments ago, <laughs> but things have changed. <laughs> now, this is the big distinction, because I gotta ask, are you sharing this inform- or are you reading this aloud to the group, or reading this to yourself? So, on this read, he's just kind of flipping through, um, I'll, I'll, and I will actually do that I'm not going to linger on any page for too long unless something's crazy. And then if I find something that I think is pertains to anyone in the group or pertains to someone's field of what I perceive as their like knowledge at this mm-hmm. point, it would be like, you know more about this than I would. What do you think about this? And then read it. Out. Yeah. I'm a simple man. Because I give you like that's full reign to you investigate. Uh, <laughs> if you want to read out. it out entirely, go for it. But that's the big okay. distinction. Go that ahead. I was asking. Right, I'm going to mess it up, Jamie. I'm gonna flip through a few pages. I have so nervous. Right I now. half expected Gail to just flip through and be like, "I can't read." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't read. I or can't write. read. All right, give me a so second. that's okay. While while he is looking, while as Gail looks through the journal, what is everyone else at the table doing? I'm still making drinks for everybody else. There we go. Yeah, All right, open the lid on the box. As everyone is sitting around the table, as Gail begins looking into this book. Uh, Daniel pulls out this simple wooden box that Meriwether gave you. That's a whole real box right there. This we've this got props, chest looks quite amazing. It's a nice box. This Small is like, this ASMR. Like he this is, is opening the is. chest. I don't know what it is, but it looks furry. <laughs> it's not. Please describe what you are seeing as oh. you pull oh, stuff cool. out. Cool. Okay. So it's a like a, a small sarcophagus that is metal that oh. I am going to push to the side for now because there's more. I don't want to open and it. It looks yet. like Anubis. There is a skeleton key. <gasps> is it actually a skeleton? No. It oh, is uh, <laughs> skeleton. It's just a skeleton key. Um and just then there is a sealed envelope. <gasps> it's emblazoned with an M too, I'm guessing for Meriwether. It is, is you would be correct. Last but not least, a warranty deed. 
Warranty um, deed? Yeah. What is that? I will maybe tell you guys in a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I like you guys. Just the reason I listed out what the items were is because like you can you, see you can visibly out. see yeah, me pull yeah. it out, but like anything that has to be read, I'd rather just like oh yeah, mm-hmm. sort of, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay. just for the sake of our audio listeners, because we can uh, differentiate essentially. But if you would like to read out essentially what your character is seeing and reading, just for oh, okay. our people at home, awesome. Awesome. Uh, we can very much differentiate of. Oh, That's yeah. why I'm saying specify if you are sharing or not, but let's at least share for our audience. Awesome. So was is he opening that and pulling all that out on the table simultaneously at the, bar, at the same time I'm reading this? Yes. yes. And I would have just like Jamie did looked over, seen him pull out the things he's pulled out while reading this simultaneously. Correct. Yes. Yes. I would have been like, Hey, uh, that thing, that sarcophagus. Give yes. that to the kid. Okay. I was say like Melvin this whole time has would probably have been oh, like uh, looking like not like looking over your shoulder but watching you read kind of just like in anticipation. And uh, when you said that, like kind of like perks up a bit. I would show you. Um, is like read this entry from February twenty seventh, okay. nineteen seventy seventy seven. Oh, okay. Um, yes, all right. This is the warranty deed. Um, this is non shared, but I'm going to read it aloud anyways. Um, this indenture made the 17th day of June in the year of our Lord. 1000. Hey guys, I'm back from the mid-roll just to uh, hang out a little bit because I don't know what Gavin was thinking, but he fully decided to spend the next several minutes reading through an entire legal contract. So, county of the city of Parkland, there are like no periods or commas. I do have some fun facts. Uh, state of Massachusetts, party of the second party. One here. Okay, so we just made it to a little speakeasy of sorts. Well, back in the 1920s, they didn't have a secret password or anything like that. They actually had membership cards, but that was not the only way to get booze in the 1920s. You could also get a medically described a medically prescribed prescription for this thing called medical whiskey. And that's a way you could get under the radar. Some of today's favorite candies were invented in 1920s. Uh, There were gummy bears, baby Ruth bars, Reese's peanut butter cups, Oh Henry bars, double bubble bubble gum. Wow. I didn't even know that one. And Charleston shoes. Wow, he's he's still reading. He's st- he's still going. Hey, knock knock. This is the part where you say who's there. Knock knock. Interrupting cow. Moo. What do you call a pig that knows karate? Okay, okay. But what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. One more, one more before we get going. What do you call a fish with no eyes? (laughs) All right. Well, it looks like he's getting back into it, so 
of the we'll hop on right back has here on two said his hand and seal the day and year first above written am i allowed to open this you are more than allowed to open okay. this let me know if you need a letter opener i was yeah. gonna say while he's doing that um melvin accepted the little sarcophagus and he was examining it i have a question though mm-hmm. the passage that and i haven't said this aloud quite yet just for the listeners the passage that gail showed me said that there was something in this when I opened it, is there? Because this real life prop, there's not. No. So there's nothing in there. Oh no. Okay. This right here, though, is that there? So what he's referring to? Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to say it aloud quite yet, but there's um carvings in the upper lid of the sarcophagus when I opened it. Make an occult check for me. That is one hundred. <laughs> oh my gosh! I show nothing. That's a that's a critical fumble. Yeah. While while this is happening, while they're reading and um, investigating the trinkets that are in the box, I I take the glass of Cabernet over to Amelia, and ba- we're basically we're gonna have another aside while they're doing all that Ooh, yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Or, or as as my character would assume it to be nonsense. But how is how's Amelia feeling about all this? She's. She's trying to feel indifferent, mm-hmm. but with everything that's happening, with all the paperwork, like she's not really one for paperwork, but she's just seeing like the journal and this weird envelope and the sar- sarcophagus that was apparently have been shattered on the ground. No I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's interested, but like mm-hmm. Richard, she doesn't want to show she's interested. Thing, like- yeah. Because she she's she she doesn't have a belief in anything. She doesn't want to believe in anything. And Richard's kind of the same way. So she's her anxiety is also spiked right now because yeah. of the whole thing that happened at the mm-hmm. hospital. So she's just like the urge to go on the stage and play her guitar yeah. is strong because she's <laughs> just she just wants to yeah. relax a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah. That, that's how she relieves her anxiety is yeah. playing guitar. Yeah. Well, why don't you? Uh... Why don't you play something, Amelia? If that's fine for the rest of the party, I no, don't I, mind I, I, at don't, all. Don't mind them. Amelia, this is this is our place. We can do whatever we want here. Eh, play true. something if you want. Enjoy your wine. Relax a little bit. And we're going to figure this out. You and me. Very true. That's right. And I'll take the wine as a way of paint. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gets up and she goes towards the stage. And since she's been going there forever, she already knows where her guitar is placed. Mm. So she goes to the in the you said it was like a little like elevated platform. Yeah, it's it's not like a huge stage because it's mm-hmm. only meant for like a single performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a quite a small space the mm-hmm. the whole bar, but it would be it's more towards like if you're facing the door, or I'm not. I'm sorry. If you're facing the bar and your back is to the door, it mm-hmm. would be like on the. It'd be like more towards like the right side of the bar. Oh, okay. yeah. So it's a, it's a bit a ways from right. where that where people would be sitting to drink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give them space. And there's some like I and there's also like some seating area on the floor as well. Not on the floor, but like in that little space in front of where the stage kind of okay. is. Like some tables, okay. like some white cloth tables, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. So she just starts softly, not too loud, just to kind of soothe her. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I imagine Richard is just kind of sitting at one of those tables or like in a booth and he's just re- drinking his drink. And also, every now and then, 
staring back at you guys. Wondering yeah. What's going on? Real quick, Jamie really wanted to like just get in there and read all of it, but I said that Gail was going to peruse, and I did peruse at first, but then I was like, would Gail keep reading if this is what he's reading? And I read the entire journal. <laughs> so every single word, I think he would close it and sit in his lap, lean back, just take a deep breath, uh, take his uh, neat whiskey down the whole thing. Like, wow. Set the glass on the table, dry, not a drop in it. Oh, wow. And just sigh while he thinks to himself. You lose two sanity Fair. and gain one point in Cthulhu Mythos. Mm. Thank you. Um, when I failed the check, did anything happen? So, okay. during that whole exchange uh, before Amelia began to play music, mm-hmm. Daniel tried initially to pass to Melvin the letter that Mary Lever- Meriwether <laughs> left you guys. But for a split second, Melvin was unresponsive. Melvin, I need you to make an intelligence check for me. Okay, so that's just with my That's just against your intelligence. Okay. (laughs) Come on, smart boy. No, that's a fail. (laughs) I think I failed all but one roll tonight. Yeah. Can I let you know something? Yeah. You wanted to fail this one. Oh, okay, good. In Call of Cthulhu, if you succeed an intelligence check after a bout of madness, uh-huh. then you fully comprehend what happens to you oh, and you dive oh. further into insanity. I see. <laughs> so this all happens to you in a moment mm-hmm. as you stare into this box and then one of the symbols in the middle begins to glow as they sort of just float into your vision like vapors and sort of burn there's the entire edges of your vision go dark and you feel a cold shiver go down your spine before you are woken up taken back to the moment by daniel letter as, in as hand holding the letter yes. up to me yes um oh uh, s- sorry sorry i i just um everything okay yeah i I, he just kind of trails off and doesn't respond. Just uh, take a read over that and mm-hmm. let me know what you think. Can you like set the sarcophagus down? Absolutely. Okay. I don't know if this is like a you can put it down thing. No, you can put it down. You can put it down. And you with that fail check, you definitely feel like going back to your comfort zone a little bit of you got to go back like library, talk to a teacher. Yeah. Something. Because the college is your home, essentially, gotcha. of not only where you would feel more safe in this moment, you do not feel safe at all. Okay. But so, also, if you wanted to. With that knowledge, then would I even accept the letter right now? That's for you to decide. I think I, I'd yeah. say, just from like the pure shock of what just happened, I think you would read this aloud, like unconsciously almost. Yeah. And I, everyone hears this. So I, I will read this letter aloud then. Um, dear friends... In the years after the nightmarish events of that night in my youth, I have seen many strange things. Only now do I beg- only now do I begin to grasp the truth of reality and the scope of what is happening in the world. I've tried in my small way to combat the horrors and make amends for my part in bringing one of our one to our plane of existence. What I have left to offer, what riches and wealth I have, I will put to good use in dealing with these abominations. It is the very least this old coward can do. 
I could never make myself go back to that little farmhouse and put those events to rights. I too gravely feared that which my friends and I loosed upon the countryside. Nothing of consequence has yet taken place, but with my death I fear the bonds will be broken and that horror freed to come and go as it pleases. Lives not yet taken already weigh heavy on my conscience. The method of delivering the thing out of this world is still in that cursed house. The translations made by Marion from the book, De Vermis Mysteria, I was never strong enough to take, a, to take on the task, but I have hope that you are. In ridding the world of this, perhaps you will save my soul from hell, for I fear that my deeds have not been enough to release me from this heavy burden. I do not expect you, I do not expect your forgiveness for what I ask of you. Rupert Merriweather. And he's just going to drop the letter to the table. This book, this is journal detailing in explicit detail the events that occurred in that farmhouse over several years and what happened to the members. I'm going to read you guys a list of names, and if any of you are familiar, I need you to speak up. Richard looks at Amelia with like a, this is getting weird kind of look. The weird yeah. kids are reading some stuff out <laughs> Um We were told of the leader of the group, Marion Allen. Of course, we all know Rupert Merriweather, Harold Copley, Crawford Harris, Cecil Jones. And Robert Mencken. Anybody? Would I, being a bartender, recognize any of those names as people that have maybe come to see me? These people are old. Yeah? Okay. This happened in 1877. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And if he wishes to divulge... A lot of them died soon after the first writings of this book. The first account was April 9th, 1876. Jesus. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Some pretty dark stuff in here. I'm not going to force the information here on any of you. I won't read it aloud if you do not desire. But there are things in here that will give you guys an idea of what we're up against. And the circumstances which we face. I don't wish to withhold this information. But after what... What I just went through reading this, I won't wish these thoughts on anybody. Daniel's going to go for it because he's, I mean, he wants oh, every clue that he can. He, he, he'll get, he's going to read it out, but he oh. wants to make sure he wants to see what the comfortability in the room is. Richard's trying to rationalize all this in his mind. Amelia's too. Yeah. I, I think I'd say something, something like this, this just a group of old guys, just all of them, are, I think are, Thinking this way and they're now dead? I I can't make heads or tails of it. They've made errors. Evident in this book. I think there's some things I would like to tell you, but in order to keep you calm, there's some things I'll leave out that if you two choose, um, Melvin and um, Mr. Crawl, I'll be happy to divulge privately. But to help you make sense of it, I'd like to read a few things. Is that all right? I just don't understand why we are put into this scenario. Yeah, why did he? Why, why are he... we a part of this? Exactly. And we have nothing to do 
with whatever's happened in that journal. Why did he entrust us with this? Meriwether called you two there for some reason. I know almost nothing of the matter. And f- and furthermore, why are you taking his side on this? I'm not. This why are you is so inclined? bad. Why are you so inclined to... What, then what's in there? What are you so inclined to believe all this? Because nothing... No, no one he has flips. said... Because nobody has said anything that's making a lick of sense. And I came down here to get answers. I'm going to read you a couple of things. And I, if this doesn't answer your questions, I'll be happy to talk about it. The very first sentence, literally, in this book is, Our dark brotherhood has convened its first meeting. Sounds pretty sketchy. Flash forward. They were going to do some... I'm going to give you a second, Jamie, real quick. Do I know anything about, like, just from past, like, jobs or anything, anything about, like, possible occults or something? Like groups of people, like things that I've definitely not a cult, but in terms of past jobs, one name did stick out. What what name was that? Marion Allen. That was the job that you couldn't take due to scheduling. Most times you would be asked to look into a death and basically all you would really do. it, It was an easy paycheck for you of you go to the police station, you get the coroner's reports, you get the police reports, whatever. It doesn't make a lick of sense. You send it to him and then he's happy and he pays you. Yeah. That's kind of what so far, but you didn't even have, didn't have time to go to the police station, get anything, do your usual stuff. And it just kind of slipped by. Okay. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna whip out like part of his notepad. He's gonna like tear a sheet of paper off and he's gonna write Marion Allen on the piece of paper and he's just gonna like place it down and slide it over towards his direction. Like kind of like looking straight at it, like, like hinting towards everyone else, like don't ask. And I'm just going to slide it face down towards him so he knows what I'm trying to tell him. I'll pick it up and I'll look at it and I'll nod. Because that would, that would make him flip to a different chapter. I, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. okay. Don't, don't feel bad about that. But he would go to the back and pull out this newspaper clipping. Okay. Oh. Murder at the docks. New Orleans, August 12th. The body of Mr. Marion Allen, late of Arkham, Massachusetts, was discovered near the Gulf and Panama docks. A victim of foul play, the man was identified by witnesses who said that Mr. Allen had been seen in the locale the evening before. Robbery was the apparent motive. Police report that the victim's tongue had been cut out, however. Marion Allen had reportedly gone to the police earlier this week claiming that he was being followed and that he feared for his life. He said his shadowy pursuers were after an ancient Egyptian artifact, which he no longer possessed. I think I know why he don't possess it. The girl's like, what kind of P.I. is this? Okay, I'll admit the tongue cutting out bit's a bit weird, but so what? Just some old time I got nicked in a robbery. It's not that simple. There's always an ulterior motive. I don't think a simple robbery would cut out your tongue. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I admit that's very allow strange. Me, allow me to continue. Go ahead. Let the man speak. Yeah, go ahead. The first few accounts mention attempts to summon something. Something occult and dark, whether for research or personal purposes, it doesn't deem well. But on October 31st, 1876, All Hallows' Eve, we prepared ourselves 
for the summoning on the darkest day of magic of the year. We inscribed a pentagram inside a circle in chalk on the center of the floor in the living room and lit candles at each point. We all sat cross-legged as Marion attempted what he said was an Indian chant used to commune with spirits of the dead. A cold breeze blew a shuttered door open and blew out half the candles. We relit and tried again, but with no success. It then reports that they tried more. Robert of the group began to get a laugh out of their attempts, seemingly poking fun at the old man. Um, but then they found that that thing. The, the Alan sun. Alan found it, and and he 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 brought it back. What I'm about to read is incredibly disturbing. Many of you choose to leave. Do so now. Well, this is my place. I'm staying. So Melvin probably gets up um, and walks around for a bit and considers leaving. Uh, but uh, ultimately just comes back and sits down. Yeah, I'm sorry we couldn't get you that milk, son. He, he just waves him off. Yeah. March 19th, 1877. We began the ceremony as Marion instructed according to that described in his book De Vermi Mysteries. The fire set in the fireplace in a pentagram once more chalked on the floor, marked with the appropriate symbols and illuminated by two black candles placed at the center, flanking a piece of amber. Amber that was found within the sarcophagi. The others sit in a circle, while I, the designated watcher, who guards for malevolent spirits sits in the far corner of the room. Marion threw a handful of powder in the fire, producing a torrid-smelling smoke and dampening the flames, which burned as buttering green and brown. Those seated began the Latin chant that Marion had transcribed from said book. After two hours, I see a trail of smoke circling up from the piece of amber. Its surface seems to be bubbling, melting. I think, could this be it? Have we finally achieved success? I can see a form. And it cuts off. And it doesn't pick up until the next page. It is the following day. We have finished our plans and sworn a pact to never speak of what happened last night. We have satisfactorily explained the death of Robert and in some manner the madness of Harold. The sheriff accepts the explanation of a carriage accident. We planned it well. Robert's neck was broken in the fall, we told him. Harold struck his head on a rock when the horse's leg broke and the carriage rolled. Would it be that it was only that for the rest of us we'll be forever changed by our experiences that night for something formed in the center of the pentagram, shapeless, nearly invisible. Its terrible voice should have given us a clue, but we were foolish. It spoke. Marion cast that damn powder on the spirit. The dust of... And I'm, I'm having trouble making up this word. Looks like... Ibu Shazi or, or, or something like that. Uh, he, he called it, and, and that's when we could see it. This is where it gets really bad. Words cannot describe the faceless thing with a thousand claws. It roiled and bubbled, never fully revealing itself. So terrifying was its aspect that I... I sat as though frozen to the floor. The pen fell from my nerveless fingers. Cecil and Marion seemed as lifeless as I still. While a short, sharp cry 
issued from Crawford's mouth. Robert. You'll remember he was the one I said poked fun. Mm. Rose to his feet. And before anyone could stop him, stepped forward as though to embrace a horrible guest. And with its arms or appendages that seemed most like arms, it took hold of Robert and twisted his head around as though it were a doll's head. The lifeless corpse was then thrown into Harold's lap. And that's when he began to scream. The shrieking that hadn't stopped even after we handed him over to the sheriff. We still had a chance, apparently. Marion believes if we had kept our wits, we could have reversed the chant and eventually forced the creature back to wherever it came from, but Crawford panicked, and believing it would dispel the creature, reached forward and destroyed part of the pentagram, breaking its effectiveness, releasing the binding symbol, the thing with a screech that could have only been holy satisfaction, fled the house, disappearing out the window as a roaring, screaming wind of boiling colors. That's more or less it. They find, upon returning to the house several days later, it was bound to the attic. I reckon that key, I reckon that's for the attic. You say it, it was about what exactly? Creature with a thousand claws, my friend. That's all I have. Does the book say anything about how to send it back? It, it mentions, I believe they thought if they reversed the chant, something of that nature. Uh, give me a moment. Oh, 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 oh. This is such a lot of hogwash. Like, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I'm with Amelia. Hold on. <sighs> no one's seriously sitting here and believing this fiction that this old guy wrote. The statue's in front of us, my friend. I, I'm sorry, but, but it's <sighs> relatively infallible at this point. I'm looking at I look at Amelia, trying to get some like Robert would not she's have called just, confirmation. She's, she's in like just pure like almost panic mode at this point because like she wanted to hear it. But after hearing it, she instantly regrets hearing it. And so she's just... I mean, and, like, she's just shaking immensely Amelia, are, you, are you all right? I can't I mean, do this. No, it's okay, it's okay. I it's can't okay. do it's okay. this. Listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> Amelia, look at me, look at me. None of this is real, all right? This is just some... some some make-believe that some some old guys at a, Richard, at a gentleman's club was just, sir, was just making up. Richard, I'd be very careful right now. Careful about what? You think the boogeyman's just gonna it's come out of a hole? It's best for you to quiet yourself for just a few seconds. I'm gonna need you to take your hand off of me. Right now. Daniel. I'm gonna need you to stay quiet. <laughs> no, I will not I stay quiet. Mountain. This is silly, but like, this is exactly what gave me. I'm getting really tired of this punk-ass bartender. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting really, really tired. Melvin's just kind of like staring down at the letter in front of him still, and um, who, who just mentioned the, uh, the like sealing it or whatever thing. I think it was. I think it was, think it was, it was Daniel. Um, <laughs> Melvin will like nudge the the letter yeah. back to him. Last paragraph. Uh, what? No. Son, are you okay? I I I I really don't know. I can't believe this. This is great. Um. One more thing. When we who are present are all dead, it will roam the earth freely. Slaughtering and feasting. Thankfully, the warning signs all seem to be effective and bar the thing entry except into the attic of the farmhouse. I may be able to sleep a few hours tonight, knowing it is banned to the attic, or barred, perhaps. Bound? Bound. Well, I'm pretty sure it says banned or barred. Cannot harm anyone else. 
And he's dead. In the rear of the book, it chronicles the deaths of each member. They have all passed. And Mr. Merriweather was the last one. He'd written his own name in here. No date. No date. Cecil was second to last. It's 1919. Before him, Crawford. 1915. Before him, Marion, which we know happened in New Orleans. Harold and Robert. Obviously, we know Robert was killed in March during the incident. Harold passed a few months after. I'm assuming from his own madness. I don't know about you, but I haven't lived my whole life trying to protect people from the most horrible monster I know. Just to let another one break loose and hurt the people I care about. No, this, this doesn't make any sense. Not a, this can't. This you. This cannot be Richard. Real, right? Richard. Richard. She kind of like holds her hand out and like puts it on his shoulder. She's like, "It might not sound real, but there's too much evidence for it not to be." This letter, right here, is from Rupert himself. You're more inclined to read it if you want, but it it speaks of all of us. I was yeah. saying, Melvin did read it a no, lot. This has got no. This has got to be some elaborate hoax. These guys are playing, and and you know what? I'm gonna prove it. I grab the sarcophagus. Melvin like kind of tries to stop him. He, he, he can't say anything. Okay. What would you like to do with the sarcophagus? I'm gonna. Well, can, I'm gonna look at it. You, uh, Melvin. Melvin, come here. Melvin, he, he shakes his head. Melvin, no, please don't be scared. Look, not, it's not going to hurt you. Please, I need you. Stop. stop! Stop it! Just stop! Can I, you make heads and tails of any no, of these symbols here? No, I couldn't. But no. someone has got to be speaking English, speaking like like a like a sane person here. You guys can't seriously be telling me y'all believe this stuff, Amelia. And I look over at her. I, I'm not saying I believe it, but it's we're, we're already far too deep in this. Merriweather called us here for a reason. And what reason is that? We know your reason. You're getting paid to be here. What are the rest of you? There has to be a reason that he called you all here. I I believe. I think I'm here just to go mad. Uh, Gail stands. He puts the journal right in front of you. He goes, My wife's dead. My wife's been dead. For some time. My wife's dead because a fire happened when a fire shouldn't have happened. It should have been impossible. I naturally am very aware of what can cause these things. Someone or something put symbols on the walls of my home. And that fire was no normal fire. I arrived much too late. The fire burned green. And brown. And I knew that wasn't right. So I took some time and I found somebody. Somebody who I thought might know something. Merriweather. He helped me make heads and tails of it. And I sit by knowledge of these things in this world. And um, there's not much I can do about it. But right right now, I mean, it, it's in front of me. It, it's here. You know, it's in front of us. We can we can do something about it. It's tangible. It's literally in our hands. And I 
I'd be remiss if I didn't feel like this was destiny. I mean, the scholar of the man who honestly saved my life, the private investigator with wits only like mine, barkeep, fast with his words, keep us grounded in truth, and most importantly, some good to look at. <laughs> he like laughs. He's like, no, but seriously, Miss Grace, you are a calming presence. And a reassuring one. And of course, there's myself. <laughs> <laughs> the handsome Sterling brings us all together. The silliest. I'm going to make it serious now. But my, I, I will say, my inclination was to be like someone who knows how to really fight a fire. The only person here who seems to have had a touch of what we're dealing with. Can't say it's coincidence. Can't say I like it. Can't say how Meriwether knew this is how it needed to be, but we're here now. And I'm going to make something of this. Richard looks down at the uh, the piece of the sarcophagus with the markings etched into it. And I turn it over to Gale. These symbols were the ones you saw. Wouldn't reckon those exactly, but... Something like this. Very similar. Well, shit. We'll take the journal back. Yeah, you can take the journal back. It was like a symbol. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think Melvin will like actually raise his hand. <laughs> um, what is it, son? This the symbols weren't exactly familiar to me, but I I think I I know where we can find out more. Well, well, tell us, boy. We could go to my campus, to the library. That's where I read about a lot of that stuff. A lot of this stuff? That's where Meriwether had his class. I wouldn't mind giving y'all a ride. Amelia, what do you think? Why not? And Mr. P.I., what about you? And he just, like, without saying a word, just sticks his hand out, like, for, like, a... Like a forearm kind of like <laughs> class with um, Gail. Yeah. And he's like, he's I thought like, you were going for it with me. He's like, yes, sir. Anywhere this guy's going. <laughs> well, it seems I'm outvoted. And if Amelia's going, no offense to you fellas, but I'd no, prefer I'm her to be around someone she can trust. Let's go. And with that, you guys. Stay for a little bit, continue, finish off your drinks, and discuss a little bit more in detail as you all prepare to head to Miskatonic University. Not only the stomping grounds of Melvin, what a sentence, <laughs> but the workplace of the late Robert Merriweather to find some help, answers. Something before you brace your way all the way to that farmhouse in the next session. Thank you guys so much for listening to this 
very many ups and downs episode of Systems <laughs> Wild. Uh, we have hope- listeners emotional whiplash. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to go around the table real quick, but just to let you know that for this system specifically for Call of Cthulhu, we're using a lot of physical props. But if you want to see pictures of said physical props, if you want to read the entire journal, read the entire letter, read the entire deed to the farmhouse that Gavin so graciously gave us. Uh, No need to thank me. me. You can check it out on our website, which is systemswild.com. It's the same spelling as the website, S-Y-S-T-E-M-S-W-I-L-D.com. And check it out. We should have the page up by the time this episode is airing. Uh, Let's go around the table real quick and just... If you have anything to plug, I think we haven't started off with Tori yet. So, oh. Tori, do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, actually, no. Right now, I mean, just follow the Twitter. That's really all I really can say. And where can I'm, they follow us at? I'm I operate the Twitter. So, <laughs> if, if you want to check out our Twitter, you want to check out our Twitter. We uh, systems wild on Twitter, and um, where I post the best memes, and check out our updates and everything on there. Absolutely. Um, so, Gavin, you have anything? I will say our meme game has been pretty on point. Amazing. There's some that will be coming for the second episode of the the D and D campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty dank, if I might add. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything to you do. A shout out. out. Come on. Um, shout out. Shout out do a, it. A food business, Walmart. I, oh no! Walmart. You know what? They, they don't need that. Shout out to Aquafina. 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 I say Aquafina. Aquafina. Shout out Aquafina for mm-hmm. uh, almost choking me to death during a very serious part of this Hashtag podcast. not sponsored. That's right. Aquafina, um, the wonderful actress. We're coming for you. Aquafina, get it. Aquafina. Since you want the spotlight so bad, you go ahead and go next. Uh, I'm I'm gonna, oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you go next. Oh, okay, yeah, I was yeah. going to plug one of my, my dear friends who I work with who also streams on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash bossy TTV. Um, she does a lot of like BR content, so stuff like uh, Warzone Apex. So uh, go follow her on Twitch and watch her streams there. She's a lot of fun. Nice. Wonderful, wonderful. Who are you passing to? Oh, uh, I'll give it to Will. Since oh, yeah. Jamie wanted to not go so badly. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, last time for um, second session of D&D, I, I plugged a very good friend of mine, um, his Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Viba. Um, so this week I will plug another friend on Twitch who also VTubes, uh, twitch.tv slash Grimline Mitsu. It's Grimlin Mitsu, but it's spelled Grimline. So G-R-E-M-I-L-N-E-M-I-T-S-U. She's really funny. Um, like got, got really, uh, a bunch of really fun personalities to come on her stream. She just had a face cam stream recently. Go please support her. She's a very good friend. Wonderful. Wonderful. Excellent. Jamie. Um, Let's see. Um, I'd like to plug our fantastic leader and uh, just say that, you know, after this session, I mean, every time we're blown away, but, you know, with the props, you really blew it out of the park. And it was so yeah. good. And mm-hmm. uh, Alex does a lot for us, you guys. He, he cooked us a whole home dinner this evening. He did, actually. Yeah. And, uh, a whole party. We did a round of applause. It was party. pretty baller. Little, little mic safe. Mic safe. Soft clap. Golf clap. 
Um, so I'd like to plug Alex. Thank Follow you. him on social media and like all of his pictures. It's just like a sweet little reward. Give him that little Saratoto. Um, <laughs> and I'd also like to plug... Oh yeah, oh, I'm do. gonna I'm gonna make TikToks, Ooh. and I would love if you guys to follow the TikTok. It is it is Systems Wild as the name of the TikTok. We got username and pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. I'll pull it up right <laughs> now. Let me split it here just to make absolutely sure I'm giving you guys the proper spelling and everything. Um, That's right. We got all the Systems Wild stuff on lock. The only thing we don't have is the email. All right. Uh, emails are a little bit different. Uh, yes. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. Do not so email systemswild the, at gmail.com. The username is Systems Wild, and the page is called Systems Wild. And guess what? For your convenience, the profile picture of it is literally the picture that we have for everything else. So you should be able to find <laughs> it. Um, TikToks will be coming up. Uh, by the time this episode's out, there'll probably be some out. Um, but uh, just keep an eye out for that. Uh, I try to stay hip with the trends. Um, and we'll probably do more uh, silly, funny-based content behind on there. The scenes yeah, stuff? a little behind-the-scenes action. Oh, yeah. That'll um, be fun. Uh, you won't just get to see stills of our handsome faces. You get to see them moving and shaking. Oh, yeah. And um, do some funny audio clips. Wait, I would like to plug Andy Harvey. Hey, because this is a voice actor whose real life voice, just the way that he speaks, is who this character is based off of. So if you ever just want to hear this person talk, on natural, look, look him up. He's a he's a very talented actor. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Make a smile today. Yeah. Aww. Make two smiles. Today was a pretty dour episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any ups and downs. So that's my charge to you, our audience listeners, is make a smile today. That's right. But that's all for the first episode of Call of Cthulhu. We will join back next time. Thank you all for listening and good night. Good night, good night everybody. Good night. Bye. Sweet dreams. Bye.